Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the commentary for Genesis Avalon, episode 45, a.k.a. Oh my god, Kat really did do it, and then she didn't do it. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, I am Kat Pride, the stoofer for the show. Um, I make a brief episode appearance in here as Asara as well, the but uh, writer, director, stoofer. And with me is my co-stoofer, co-director, or co-writer. Co-thinger. Co-thinger. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Bass. Hi. So, uh, as you can tell, we're going to go ahead and just get right into it. As you may have noticed, if you listened to the trailer from from after the end of episode 44, you heard this little bit of sequence here and had no idea what the hell we'd just done. Um, so i got to say, I am really excited about this because uh, there's actually a really fun story associated with how we got to this point of the storyline. Um, initially in our plan for the fourth season, uh, we knew how we wanted to get the characters to Britain, but originally Jaina did not get riddled with bullets. Um, they actually just made it to the helicopter on their own. But, uh, for those of you who don't know, Chris and I roleplay a lot, writing style uh, a lot in our spare time. If we're not working on a script for something, we're, we're playing around in worlds other people have created for us. And uh, we actually did a very similar kind of uh, plot with another set of characters, including an Avalon. And uh, and it got me thinking, you know, this would be really... I think this is important. We should do it this way. Yeah. And we knew that it would kind of add the layers to the back half of the season that it needed. So we figured for that that uh, that push to the last, you know, of the last five, we would kick it off with an episode completely and entirely in the other world. It's also not an episode of a show that you've written if somebody doesn't die. It's true. Um, oh, hey. The queens. Oh. Ah, yeah. So You want, you want to talk on that there, buddy? We put up a casting call. Yeah. For and nobody. The and the queens. And yeah, and, and we, we put it up for one character. You're not moving. Figuring we would cast a couple out of that. And uh, nobody auditioned Mm-mm. at all. How are you doing this? We had zero auditions. That's the only time that's ever happened on this show that I've had zero female auditions. I don't know what happened. So we kind of just went, okay, well, we know what we need to do with it. So I gave her the triplet uh, assignment, essentially. Yeah. Only a quartet so, and funeral dirge. Good job. So basically, when I realized I was probably going to have to do these lines, I'm like, okay, well then. Let's do them. And, I was and uh, <laughs> if I gotta do it, I'm gonna do it well. <laughs> and so, what it wound up being was, I I was like, okay, well, let's do something like a Gregorian chant for them. And there's four voices total. In each, in each line, a different voice is speaking, and the others are singing. But they're one, it's basically, and if you look at the cover, mm-hmm. there are four statues that are speaking mentally. Yes, and for those of you who are fans... Uh, I'm sorry, I just got chills at the end there. That's what you're supposed to do, good job. Um, as you might have noticed from the cover art, 
Uh, there was a, there was a bit of an homage to Neverending Story somewhere in Just there a too. Wee bit. Just a little bit in that we both really like the this idea of real. the statues that are guardians that also, um, that also uh, place, reality and speak illusion and uh, together. The veil is a last barrier and uh, the land of the living. for those of you who know your theory and myth, that is in fact the four um, queens, the same ones who escorted Arthur to the Isle in his time of when when when, when he uh, the other when he was dying. In my head, the they're more than just the place of four queens on a boat. Magic. They are the boat. I'm yes. Sorry. It's one big statue. Yes. Which was really awesome I the way we did it. That you are. And this I was one of my favorite little uh, things that we got to do. Was uh, you know I had we we had because we were doing this episode and I made the decision very early on once we decided how we were going to do this storyline. I made the decision really early on with Chris that. If we were going to do this, we were going to do it whole hog, and there would be an entire episode where we just blossomed and and, and grew this world beyond the veil. So I knew I wanted characters like Kukulin, who is the single most important Celtic hero out there. Um... And uh, and it was really nice to be able to use him. The My English teacher from college would be so happy because Mary Mary was a gigantic. She's she's black Irish, so she's like from the deep south of Virginia. But she knows more Celtic mythos than anybody I know, and she taught me almost everything I knew. So she would be so happy right now. Um, and then she'd probably be yelling at me because I didn't finish getting my major in screenwriting. Um. <laughs> uh, but I'm not ready to die. But uh, I really, I really enjoyed getting to kind of grow this world and, and take Jaina on a journey. And on that journey, she needed to meet others like herself, other great heroes. And uh, as you'll see as we go through the episode, um, the world of the other world is very large, very, very expansive. And uh, what she sees of it is only one portion. Um, it's so bright. But, uh... Jane <laughs> that's not, that voice sounds familiar. Um, again, I folks, this is what happens when nobody auditions. Yeah, I have to literally, just kind of no women audition. Not a single one. We we put it up there, and nobody auditioned. So, Boy. So I wound up, uh... Which is fine. I really loved being able to play this character. And then Yona is one of my favorite... You really didn't know uh, what you were going to do, and, and I'm I like, didn't. uh, uh... You're going to do Cassie doing Princess Merida. That's a really good way to put that, yes. But yes. And I really I really enjoyed playing it. It was fun to play. I'm glad that it was just a character who kind of guides Jaina through things. Yeah. Um, well, and Epona's and kind of been the spirit guide of the Avalons for the last three. Yeah. She's been very close tied to the In Avalons some way, for the last three him, yeah. Avalons. Yeah. Francesca, Asara, and Jaina. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so. I think she's probably just really friendly to the Avalons in general. Uh, well, I'm. So. Opponents are goddess of journeys. Where do I and go what bigger here? journey would you take on other than a, a. A spiritual. Child. Calling. Yeah. I mean, that's the largest journey your life can take, is if you are called to something and essentially drafted into battle. Um, which is why it makes sense that for the Avalon who's defeated Obsidian, her patron is the Morrigan, the goddess of battle. Um, but, you know, I, for for Francesca, I would not be surprised if her patron had always been a poem. And as, for Asara, her patron was most likely someone like Arian Rod or Rose Merida, some sort of goddess of knowledge. Um, but yes, no, I really enjoyed writing this. Uh, this was a lot of fun to write. Um, 
because I got so to do a lot of the kind of writing I haven't been able to do in Avalon in a long time, just because the show hasn't needed it, you know? Um, the show's been kind of focused on the storylines we've had, and then this is the first time in a long time I got to write. Goddess is talking very much like how I used to be able to write Asara. Because Asara was very bombastic, just like this. Very bomba bombastic, strong on alliteration and metaphor. And uh, it was nice to have um, Epona kind of written that way. From both an acting perspective and from a creative perspective. I really enjoyed having this character here. I think it really kind of sets up the world that Jaina travels through and the fact that she kind of just gets swept into this journey on, on the other side. Um, and that she's... She's really having a hard time dealing with it, too. She just keeps kind of like a skip record going back to, but I don't want to die. No, but I don't want to die. But you're not listening to the part where I don't want to die. So to take it back, like, three seconds. Yes. Because I had sushi in my face. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, we're eating leftovers right now. It would, it would make sense for... You. For Jaina, for, for Asara's patron to have been Rosmerta, because Rosmerta's Rose cauldron was lost during that time frame, mm -hmm. which would just compound the shittiness that was Jane, uh, uh, Asara not being Avalon, but being Avalon. No. She didn't have, mm -hmm. she didn't have, her patron was weak. Yeah. Because she was missing her cauldron. She didn't have an exodus of her own. And, and I mean, I and we and we even covered that eventually Olivia is the one who finds the cauldron and brings oh, it back. Yeah. Get to go home. And you kind of see things Can come see full again? circle. I got your sushi and my peanut butter. Oh, there no, so there's no peanut butter there. What is wrong with you? I cannot leave anyway. <laughs> now I just grossed out everybody talking about. Everyone's wondering what the heck we're eating. No, it was just. Okay, I'm not gonna say it because it's even worse. Now go. Is it worse than eating sushi and drinking iced coffee at the same time? Um, Wait! Ew! How Japanese of you. <laughs> no, if it was boba tea, it would be very Spooky Japanese. Forest. That was last night. And I know. Um, back on task. Yeah, where are we? Oh, she's been left in the forest. Yeah. Ma'am, you know, I think when it comes to the point where I eventually novelize this, this is probably going to be my favorite chapter. It was your favorite episode. <laughs> my favorite episode I've ever written. Um... Correct me if I'm wrong. I wrote the majority of this, didn't I? I kind of, didn't I have like a... Like 99.9%. Yeah, I think I had like two days where I just sat down and this all came out at mm -hmm. once. I didn't do anything I else. I just sat and wrote it because I was really looking forward to it. Mythos, I'm, I'm kind of like, um... Hey, Jay. I'm a bit like, uh... Like any sort of supernatural writer in that uh, the Mythos episodes are my favorite. <laughs> so, so... The ability to, to kind yeah, of call yeah, back. And of I course, know. as you guys know, none of you were expecting this particular individual to ever be back. Um, Marley graciously agreed to come back and play Z for us for uh, this episode. And uh, I'm really, really pleased with how this all turned out. But Mythos Heavy episode pretty much meant I just plowed through this episode. Why do I even. Which isn't to say that you didn't contribute because the idea for the journey Jaina goes on was a joint effort on both our parts and we'd already written it through ones with a different set of characters and, uh, so I writing it with the characters died, that i think it really works best came for back to the now that we've done it um, is, is pretty amazing i warned sam not to go after second oh z the moment when z realizes sam pretty much didn't listen to a what? stupid thing she said Sam's good oh that. come on jay you're not that really thick. i was a ghost i figured he was <laughs> i don't I don't remember. I I don't think he did. 
Okay, well, that's not why. As she said, I mean it is, but it's when she showed up as a ghost the first time. All she gets to do is just stand around in angst. (laughs) I knew what Roxy was gonna do to me because that's and this kind of um. I'm the brings everything full Lord. circle because all this information about Z being able to see Ta-da! to the point of her own death the and then beyond when she died I know. was all revealed Rotten to Sam. Did, right? I can't tell you anything. While but I'm when alive, Sam didn't know who Jaina was, died, yeah. So he's he known all this, he, but he never thought to tell her because he never it was a very the connection ki- between the two characters. Right. He never understood the connection between pretty much even yeah. now. Why else? He's not quite sure what that connection between G, G, Z, and Jaina. I combined them apparently. And no, you're right, because because he knew Jaina a very short time before she fled to Chicago at the end of season one. And that whole summer, he spent with Z. Yeah. And Natalie for a little bit. Yeah. But mainly, Z Z was kind of the person that he connected with, and... Dead. And they stayed close. What um, could you possibly need to show me here? And and uh, it's, for Sam, it's I think Sam sees Z just as much Believe as his me. friend, as Jada sees Z as hers. Mm-hmm. It was not a friendship they shared really. Um, they didn't really have a chance to. Z died before they could really kind of work out that friend dynamic. Which also, considering how Z uh, feels about Sam, I think it would have been very difficult to work out a dynamic at all because that would have become a very complicated mess very quickly. Um, but here you kind of get some resolution and 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 Z kind of setting Jaina up for some information that uh, is very important and you guys will not hear what it is until later on down the road but I can tell you right now what you're not hearing is just as important as what you've heard which sounds a little complicated, but I swear to God, it all Look, makes Jay, sense. It's just as Avalon at this point, okay? I expect it to be complicated. That I know for <laughs> sure. But that doesn't mean I know how to get you out. Hell, I don't actually know if you'll remember, but I know I've seen you use that knowledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's for you to figure out. I, uh, I can't go. And then further. we come to this part of the I world. I don't understand. Why can't you? This is not. So I feel like we should explain. About this is a place of the Summerlands. No love and no okay. Death what am I explaining? Okay, well then I'll explain. You explain. It's so the way we are interpreting Charged. the Celtic underworld looks nothing like the Isle. is a bit more like very the early the other world isn't just the descriptions Isle, of it's Greek underworld. Combined with combined with old Celtic, See, the old Celtic, and that when you're dead. That's they it. You, you just go to. to there's kind of a, a an exception. There's kind of a feeling that you're gonna have done bad Some things uh, just because you're human. You're not a god. You can't help it. Yeah. The uh, the ancient Celts had a very strict policy of pretty much once you died, you died. There was no punishment by the gods after death. And I mean, I, I we spent a lot of time researching this, and there, there, it's, that's what it is. Yeah. The Celtic under uh, uh, the Celtic Otherworld is a land of apples and honey and happiness, pretty much. But what do you do with a character like Roxy? Yeah. Well, what does he know? And who's done some unspeakably horrible things in her lifetime? So we kind of, um, we kind of took some of the Greek underworld aspects, which you know, to be fair, there was a lot of crossover when. That's the not empire what the started moving closer to each other, and well, yeah. conquest began to occur. Um, so it makes sense. I, I'm a big fan of, of as history blends cultures together, those worlds blend together. And this is my stuff. Um, 
it's time for me to head back. And uh, and yeah, so we kind of took a page out of the Greek book and sort of modified one aspect of the Celtic underworld to create this. There is an area where you you do go to be punished, but the gods aren't punishing you. You're punishing yourself because of your regret now that you've gotten to paradise of the horrible things you did while you were alive. Mm -hmm. Jaina, I wanted to see you before I move on to my next Oh, who's that? (laughs) I don't know. Who is that lovely voice? I don't know. So Asara is here because this is where she would have gone if she had been allowed to die normally. If she had not been killed by a little dagger, and then taken to hell, taken to hell. Well, because the dagger steals a part of of your soul and allows Lilith or Sekhmet or anyone else who controls it the ability to manipulate it. So, had she just died of a natural fight falling in battle, yeah, she would have gone here. She may have suffered at some point in this barren wasteland. Simply out of the grief you for all of the things she the did. Because she did kill people. We now know that. Yeah. In what the I arc mean. that we had of her. She, she had kill she, was she was manipulated by dark forces. Yeah. She was not a pure and holy Avalon the way she should have been. Exactly. For all of the reasons we talked about sick. earlier. Yes. Her patron god was weakened. She didn't have her own mate. Yeah, I think the fact that she was sort of an Avalon in between generations was the biggest problem. You know, um, so much weight on she was ideally Francesca and Jake would have lasted much longer yes. and then would have passed on their heritage and she would have found someone, so you know. but it just didn't work out that way. And, she told uh, you. and so, yeah, a lot of factors occurred that made Asara a, a hero no really without companionship. And I should have, as we know, that kind of spiraled out I of control. So yeah, she would have gone here for some time, but I should have encouraged um, your partnership with Sam. Being risen but by Obsidian and, and becoming and that evil creature. Pretty much, if she had fault. fought until Jaina had had but killed her, she'd be in the same boat as Roxy. I know what it yeah. feels like. But thankfully, and, and this is this is She redeemed thing. herself she, while yeah, still. She, she made the physical choice said, to end the reign of evil that she was enacting because... There was a part of that of her soul in that body. That body that was risen as Asara was not all of Asara. It was a good chunk of Asara's soul sitting in the other world, unable to pass on because there was this one part trapped by evil forces. So once that part of her body and her soul recognized that what she was doing was wrong, and she made the choice to end that before it could continue to... Accelerate and, and expand and, and, and worsen. If you could prevent uh, she actually Even redeemed herself. So she waited here you, until the time okay, was right. I'm right. Because she knew Just what was coming. Because that's the nice thing about being in the other world. You see all. You right. Are the so now we have. So now we have her kind of fulfilling a different type of to ever process. She can go wherever she wants. Don't mm-hmm. forget that. She chooses to help the souls there that have put themselves here. In you, yes. Because while she understands that she's actually served her penance, it. it's not enough for her because in her in her soul, she's still an Avalon who should help people. Yes. And here is sort of where she makes the decision to, to move on. Yeah. And start the preparation for her next life. Um, Wait, now she that knew, Jaina's here. She knew that at some point Jaina was going to come understand. to the Summerlands. Yeah. Asara, because all happening? 
eventually go there? to the mm-hmm. Sutherlands. It's a fact of human life. Good or bad, yeah. Um, now that I am no longer trapped by this place, I cannot enter it. See, and she, she can't can actually this. go into it because she's absolved herself, mm-hmm. so she can't go back in there. No, but wait. she can sit at the entrance and wait for Jaina to what? wander by eventually. And Jaina can go where she wants because okay. she is the most favor of, well, favored of all. Mm-hmm. Come on, Jay. Descending a barren cliff face with no power. I like that she's dead and she still has sass. Totally <laughs> Her sass is not suffering yeah. at all. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, from a mixing perspective, this whole episode. But this sequence, not not here where she's talking to, to Kalish, but the later one when she actually runs into Roxy, well, was possibly some of the most ground. difficult mixing I've ever done. At least I can walk down from here. But Charged. I quite enjoyed bringing back the old crone for a couple of minutes. As the whole thing about that character is, Kailish is a, is a goddess associated with pestilence and plague and death, but also, conversely, is associated with the natural movement of life and death. She's not an, I mean, that's the nice thing about the Celts. None of their gods were really inherently evil. They were nature forces. They were nature forces. So even Ottawan, the god of death, who I've painted as a villain here, because you heard him, I think, last episode, um, giving Morgan the ability to go back up to the, to the, you know, giving her kind of carte blanche, but he knows very well he's now got the ability to take on the realm that Obsidian left behind. That's actually very much in character with Adawan. Adawan was known for trying to get out of his job of being god of the underworld all the time. Um, he actually tried to trick a king once into swapping places with him for a year and then was fully intending on just staying on our world and not having to go back to his job. It's amazing how early people just assume that being the god of the underworld is like being the god of a trash heap. Because so many underworld gods are like, I would give my left nut to get out of this. <laughs> no kidding. Like, just think of, like, early, early Hades myths. Mm-hmm. He's like, I hate it. I hate it down here. I thought it would be cool. And it sucked. Every god, every god in the underworld was Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Basically. you know plenty about me, and I don't know enough about you, so i Yeah, so, now I'm imagining R1. I'm a Wreck-It. Yes. Thanks for that, babe. You're welcome. But yes, to that point, um... It does, but what you find um, at the bottom... I really did like having Kayla's kind of show up and be like, look, apples, milk, we're going to line this out for you real quick. <laughs> this is kind of where Kalish goes, look, I've helped your enemies. You I'm helping you. I don't really care who I'm helping. Yeah. She facilitates the natural order of things. That's it. Yeah. That of your sister and if the natural order of things is that the swing is going to be to the bad guys, Why she's going to facilitate that. During the rise of Obsidian, that was the inevitable thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Yep. I mean, the whole thing about Obsidian's reign <laughs> that 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 Tell Noir established pretty much episode two of the show yeah. <laughs> is that Obsidian broke the balance of power. Here. He swwung it very heavily to the what darkness. But even... Obsidian went too far because at some point Kalish looks at him and goes, "You didn't ask for my help. You demanded I give it, and that's no. where I have a problem." It's not the gods are like any other pagan pantheon out there. They demand yourself, respect. That's you? all they ask for. And uh, but I warn you, 
I'm so surprised Kalish helps Jaina at all, no because Jaina's not exactly respectful here. Who has their chosen but children. it's that this whole thing of... Kalish also knows that she's not in a... She doesn't have to do anything all that active to assist. And it kind of goes back to the thought that the thing these gods get their power from is worship. Mm -hmm. Kalish knows that the... You know, at this point in time, the Celtic gods are worshipped. understand. Yes. Not just by Jaina and... The grief, the rage, and the inability noir, to forgive oneself, and Marin, and people like that. But by all of the hippie the pagans, <laughs> who do their hippie pagan things. By the very real neo-pagan movement. Yeah. But that hippie aspect to it has kind of mellowed out all of what used to be the kind of darker, angrier gods. Because the power they're getting is more mellow. A little more copacetic, a little more... They're getting requests for the natural order. We're understanding the natural order sometimes involves darkness. So we accept that and ask that the, the darkness remember that there must also be light. So when you have that, you kind of have a set of gods that gets a little bit more... No. no. Natural. No, 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 no. A little less power hungry. Yeah. They don't have the problem that the Greek gods did of, of hubris being an actual problem of the gods. The Celts are not known for that. Um, I well, mean, and even their trickster gods aren't known for being terribly And beyond smug. that, here Kailash knows that if Jaina goes back topside and does what she's supposed to do and helps the king do what the king is destined to do. Um, Jaina, no. It goes better for everybody. It goes better for the Celts Stop. because now suddenly you've Stop got it, a magic please. realm on Earth that Earthlings can see. This is what you want, isn't it? That you know people see Genesis Apple. Yes. People recognize she's calling out the names of Celtic gods, and they're actually yes. doing magic. Maybe I should pray to those gods, and oh, in all, it kind of helps. Yes. Oh, the scene. The scene. <laughs> So yes, that's a voice you guys probably didn't expect to hear ever again. To be fair, I set this up. So long ago. I had Jaina expressing regret no. Roxy, for killing no, Roxy the moment you. she realized that, that Asara had been somewhere in that body. The moment she realized there was a chance that she had condemned Roxy, she'd been... She'd been That's regretting it believe, and, it? and 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 dreading a moment. Such darkness mm -hmm. Such darkness I do love this though. The fact that no, I mean, she's kind of because because okay. So have been her. I know we describe I, it, um, but just to describe it again for, for those sweet, of you, the, the whole concept of this is that <laughs> she's in this barren she never had a problem telling canyon she essentially. It and it, and 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 like that. You know, at the at, at the is just at the far end of the canyon now is Roxy, no suffering through every sin she's, she's made and every here. perceived possible sin she it's could have made. So that's why she's like. seeing things like her the killing Jaina, even though we know it never happened. In my head, it's a very um, the one gift we got provided. It, it's is a very clockwork orange. She's sitting there strapped to the chair with her eyes wide open, being forced to watch it, but. 
That's just how I'm visual, I visualize it. Because I, I like to think that that's how she would visualize it, being a and child of the same generation as I. Okay, the sure. <coughs> The wonder of audio drama you can imagine whatever you want. Yeah, because my my imagery is completely different, but that's fine. What's Uh, your imagery? Uh, my imagery is much closer to um a variation of Tartarus in Hercules, the animated movie. No, where where all the it's 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 a swirling of spirits that take the shape of whatever memory, whatever tragic moment is most present. Creates that memory and then swings around again. And then when you get to this part where Jaina is in the center of it, it's a completely different journey because that opponent is guiding the journey. And opponent is guiding her through key moments in Roxy and Jaina's life. And forcing Jaina to recognize that she made some bad choices and that she could have prevented the punishment that Roxanne has placed upon herself. Yeah. You know? Are you willing to make that journey? And I think the fact that Jaina pretty much admits the whole time this is wrong. that she would have chosen to save and Roxy Jaina. at any point if she had realized Upon Roxy was role, still in there you can bridge says the a lot about her character. Yeah. It's a big jump for Jaina. Because we've seen Jaina over the years. And, and season choose. two was a very dark place for her. Save her. And it took her a lot to get to the point of yourself. admitting that she would have to kill but I something inside choose. her best friend. And what she didn't realize was, no, you were killing your best friend. And then now that she knows that, would she change how she did things? So. Look down. But yes, I quite like the scene that she's just climbing this. She's having to hand over hand a rope across this chasm. And as she tries to do that, wasn't the memories hit her like a ton of bricks. I know that. So, I am gonna get her out of this. I never. And this piece of music away. I picked, you the Zero Project, and oh my god! Hopes. Like the moment I heard it, I knew you that's what I wanted to use. Secrecy. Also, it's kind you of fun trying to, to find old lines from old episodes from you four and a half five years ago. Yeah. That was to fun. keep your friends from your life as Avalon. I've never been more grateful for keeping backups of everybody's lines. I remember when we outlined this. We were like, oh yeah, we'll use scenes from this episode, scenes from, and we weren't even thinking about the cost, would get the quote unquote cost of yeah. that. We were kind of, to use an Imagineer term, blue sky. <laughs> and then when we actually get to the planning and implementation phase, we're like, oh shit. <laughs> what did we do to ourselves? Oh god, do we have this even? And I'm sitting here having to comb through every all of my drafts of scenes going, okay, does this one have the scoring mixed into it or no? <laughs> I had You had me researching yep. episodes. I'm sitting here practically rereading yep. episodes from seasons one and fun. two. Two souls in the labyrinth. One pure. Oh, that, one that was kind of fun bringing back the labyrinth talk. And yet you That's still, I think, one, one of my favorite mourning the loss of the tainted. illusion if scenes you could have ever saved had to yeah. is the labyrinth Would scene you? with Tanya and Roxy. Not fair. That wasn't a choice I could make. Choose. I would have saved her. It's really interesting doing this scene because I had to. I was doing them as a pona, so like I I knew the the inflection and the inference I wanted on all these, but it's so much weirder when you actually get to the point where you're mixing. You're like, wow, is that really how that line came out in my head? Did you see it then? Wasn't her. There's a lot of stuff in this, this sequence. This you now know. I mean, I pretty much hit every high point 
and low point in Roxy's life. Shoot. So. Uh, I just, I caught something just uh, now. No. I mean, I've read this before and I've oh. listened to it. Can you talk about it now or I'm do you have to tell me later? Down. Just like I did. And the poison spread across the I city. can't talk about it right she, now. Darn it! Okay, tell me after the commentary. It, it was something that Opponent just said about Roxy, though. Oh, okay, you'll have to, yeah, tell me more. A soul completely and holy. What would you have done then? Would you still try to save her? This is a Scottish, this is a Scottish accent I don't ever do, so. Widget. Because I do much more of a tenant kind of Glaswegian yeah. or Edinburgh. Somewhere in this, listening to this episode, Laura Post cracked out laughing because at some point you probably say, You need Would to you? change your face! Would Would you? <laughs> My costume. I'm also, Laura, again, your wallet never ceases to I'm make my job so easy. Thank you. Because her wallet is just perfect. That scream she gives when she, when the rope breaks and she goes just plummeting was so awesome. You've got one last chance. And it was kind of fun to get to redo this scene, because I had to actually remix this little bit from scratch, because it wasn't exactly the same as the scene before. It was actually yeah. a variation on it. Um, so I had all of the old lines, yeah. but, but have to end like you know, this. Roxy's lines are the same, but all of Jay's are different. And so it was really kind of cool to redo it. You want... Me to put Which a this is kind of one of those serendipitous things where we had it. not planned for this particular scene when you wrote the, look the original yeah. scene. Kill me. So, no, we did. We totally planned it. We told this from day one. We knew everything we were going to do ever. Uh, no, we totally didn't. And so you're writing a scene to meld in with a previous scene and to make it seem like... You know, yeah. people who aren't listening to this right now will be like, oh, snap, son. <laughs> At least I hope they are. That or they're going, oh, God. And then she they probably shouldn't be there. listening to this. I don't know why you're, if, if you're rolling she your eyes at this point in the show. Where, why are why you, are you listening? listening? We've done such, Even such ridiculous day. stuff in this show. Nobody has forced that's you to like, sit and listen. That's kind of like the people complaining about General Hospital right now. You. Going, I can't believe that they're doing something. I, I can't believe that they expect us not to realize that Silas is the same actor who played John McBain. And I'm like, yes, and he played a vampire in another show. The magical world of soap operas is that. You just suspend your disbelief. <laughs> Jay, I'm so sorry. And also, now we get to the okay. real Roxy yes. underneath. Which, by the way, Tracy was ecstatic to come I'm back. So yeah, I'm very, she was. I'm very glad that she was able to come back. Because I don't think we, I don't think we told her. No, we didn't tell her anything. Right before, like the month before the, when we were writing this mm -hmm. episode. You contacted her for the it was first pretty time, much which a, is kind hey, of ridiculous because we had known months. We knew for like a year she was yeah. coming back. Because let's see, we wrote this. Where does the rope go? Uh, we wrote this in March. The natural conclusion. Yeah, April. and we had been planning this. And we had planned this, this since February for, before last. Yeah, I mean, this is this has been February of twelve. Yeah. So long as you can carry your birth. We just, I just never got around to telling her. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I hope you can still play Roxy. And I'm thinking about it. I'm going because if you can't. Crap, I should have planned this way better. <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm so glad to be back. I didn't never, never thought I'd be playing that character again. Would you so. like to come be on the thingy? Pixie wants to join the commentary. Pixie course. wants to join the commentary. <laughs> Justin, that she wants lobs. She doesn't actually want to contribute anything. She's just going like, oh no, Pixie. As you journey back through the veil, you will see many things trail with the link. 
We're just gonna love on Pixie now and completely neglect the episode commentary. So Child of Elaine is kind of a double-edged thing because yes. it's a reference to the fact that her mom is Elaine. Her mom is actually named Elaine. But she is the cho- she is of the she is an Avalon descendant of Elaine, the Austerian figure. The wife of Lancelot. Of Lancelot. Who was herself a priestess of Avalon. And mother of Galahad. Yes. She needed loves. She wants to listen to Genesis Avalon. You want to listen to Genesis Avalon? She looks like noir. It's and therefore, not, yes. See, that's she's that's in that's a constant that's noir that's cosplay. It's true. And here they are. In Tim's drawing room. In Tim's drawing room. <laughs> Covered in brimstone and goo. Like Matrix goo. In my mind, it's like Matrix, Matrix goo. goo. In my, see, in my mind, they're covered in brimstone and they're just smoking. <laughs> they're just sizzling. It's, it's okay. I got the it. underworld is very gooey for me. Apparently. Like, just in general. You have a, a, an interesting uh, way of despri- describing the underworld. Hers is very gooey. Mine is very dry and barren. And acrid and... I think it's because I've been to the desert and I don't mind that, but I hate being gooey. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Chris is hell, the Florida Everglades. Featuring the voice talent. Yes. Laura Post. Oh, anyway, guys, thank you for bearing with us. Aren't you happy I didn't actually kill? Well, I did kill off your lead character, but I brought her back. Um, And it was all part of a grand scheme. Um, But boy, how did we didn't didn't we make you think she was dead, dead for two episodes? (laughs) Y'all are welcome. (laughs) Um, Hey, to be fair though, that means that this paid off that much better. Hopefully, hopefully you all feel much more satisfied because you got an entire episode. Of just Jaina's journey. Yeah. Um, and you got a lot of... Uh, we kind of laughed. We're like, Jaina, you get an episode off for 45. For 44. You don't have to really record anything for 44. 45 is all you. It's literally... You're the only person. The only main lead that's here other than the two characters we're, that, that, that we brought back for this episode. And from here on, only five episodes? Uh, this is five episodes to go, really. Because 46 to 50 is five episodes. Yeah. But yeah. So we are now officially in, in the back five. Um, and uh, it's a whole different ball game from here. I can tell you right now that what you heard here is only the beginning. So. We we were playing football. Now we're playing God's game. It's baseball season, y'all. Woo! Okay. Bye, That's guys. It. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Woo! Come back um, next month. Pendedaudio.com slash stuff. Genesis Avalon. Yeah, Here, Twitter at Genesis Avalon. You need any more information? Come find me on Twitter. Love you. Bye. Bye.